It's extra drama for book number 34, Forbidden Love. Hi, welcome back to Sweet Valley Diaries, the bonus episode. It's called Extra Drama because it's extra and we'll try to be dramatic. I'm here with my guest, Elizabeth Schmidt. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. There's always extra drama in Sweet Valley. Yes, so much extra drama. We were talking in the main episode about the idea of like whether or not it would be romantic and exciting to have like a teenage romance. I it definitely caused some reflection for me when I was reading the book. I think that would have seemed totally romantic to me. I'm such an Elizabeth, but I think that when I was in high school, I guess I would have seen it both ways. It would have seemed like yeah. a terrible idea to get engaged. And it would have seemed just intensely romantic yeah. if two people really seemed like they were in love. Yeah. How about you? I think so. Like, I was actually dating somebody who was way too old for me in high school. I remember my mom being concerned and just hoping that I wasn't going to get engaged before, like, I was 20 or something. Oh, my gosh. Um, which I did not, and we broke up, and all was right with the world. Um, which is, again, one of those things of, like, God, you hope you don't get engaged with somebody when you're 16 or 17, because nine times out of 10, that will not go well for the relationship. I just think that you're just too young and too dumb, and it is... N- what is appealing to you at 16 will not be the appealing to you at 25. Um, and at least there's, I feel like, a, more of a likelihood that it will be appealing at 25 for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I know, I don't want to say that it is not possible because it's definitely possible. Yeah. And it is like a mindset that I guess really appeals to me. Like, there, I think that there's a certain kind of commitment, like you find your person and it's like, ah, like, I don't have to worry about this aspect of my life anymore. If you, But you've got to be so lucky for that to happen. And also, I think it is a certain mindset, because you're suggesting something that's true, which is that, you know, we grow and we change. And the question is, like, have you found someone that you would be able to grow and change with? Yeah. Probably, like, it's unlikely, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, maybe you guys should end up together, but ending up t- together at 16 you're limiting your life so much in terms of life experiences and stuff like i would just want to be like okay great let's we are committed to each other let's go live our lives consequences free and like join back up at 30 like there's just an yeah. element like even if you f- are lucky enough to find that right person like yeah, yeah. there's just so much living you got to do yeah I, I totally agree with that um i obviously i guess what it comes down to is just like that is a very, very valid general rule that I think is wise to follow. I can't, specifics are always different than the yeah. general, right? Yes. I was just thinking about how um, I have s- some of my closest friends out here who I won't name, but I will say they have both been on the podcast on separate episodes. Okay. They um, are like, they met in high school. I think they started dating maybe in high school or just afterward. And they have been dating ever since. They are um, in their late 20s, maybe nearly 30 now. And they they just got married. Yeah. So they've been a couple all this time, and they've kind of been through their lives, lived their lives, and it's just like, well, we'll get married eventually, but they didn't, and now they are. And I I mean, 
That's amazing. That's another way to do it. Maria and Michael could have done it that way. Just, you know, if you keep on liking each other for that long, like, I guess we're in it now, you know? But maybe by jumping the gun with the proposing, again, with like, not like a clear sense of like, they probably were dating for two months. It's not like they were together for years before he got he proposed to her so no and in fact we didn't talk about this in the main episode but the book tells us that michael was maria's first boyfriend yeah she wasn't really exactly you know even that interested in in dating at all before she dated Michael. yeah that's like a super red flag and again there are certainly i'm sure exceptions to the rule but you want to have as many experiences in life as you can and like yeah ending up with your first boyfriend like yeah i had like another high school boyfriend who like came in and out of my life at various points and maybe we, we could have ended up being together, but imagining sticking with him that whole time, like you just, I feel like I would have missed out on yeah. so much. A lot of times on the show, we talk about the poor lessons that the books are teaching the 12 year olds or whatever mm-hmm. that are reading them. But this is an example of a book where it seems pretty transparently trying to impress upon young readers that marriage is about more than just being in love with your boyfriend. Yeah. Like really trying to warn them against the perils of making, (laughs) making a mistake by marrying the, you know, your first person that shows some interest. I also appreciated in the context of like the eighties ness that it was still Maria was wanting her own career path and they like were validating that and certainly not necessarily while there's certainly nothing wrong with people who stay at home and care for, you know, partners and um, children. She was wanting to have a fuller life, which I was pleasantly surprised to see. And the the movie, I was going to say the book also doesn't really chastise Michael for knowing that he would prefer to have a wife that stays home. Yeah. It just kind of says, boy, this is something to talk about beforehand, which is funny because I think that there are adults that get married all the time that have neglected to have these conversations Mm -hmm. beforehand or just thought like, oh, well, I know that we have differing desires, but it'll work itself out in the long run. Yeah. Um, Which I guess sometimes it does and a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I was very I I mean I always have been like kind of kind of a hopeless romantic type but also very pragmatic it's it's a like an inner battle it's an inner struggle that has caused me a great deal of of angst angst in my life did you know anybody like in high school who were engaged yes okay but not well and they were kind of weird did they end up together do you know I have no idea Uh, what the through line was with that relationship yeah, yeah, I really don't know. Um, I knew some people that got married right out of college. And even that, at that point, seemed yeah. like, wow, really? Right now? Yeah. When did you get married? How old were you? I was 28. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, and, and we had been together for a while. So, like, that I thought was a good yeah. time frame. Yeah. We trusted each other at that point yeah yeah to know 28 is the re- i remember actually i can remember thinking when i was younger like i don't want to get married before 28 specifically i had conversations with friends of mine and yes that was like an yeah. an ideal age um that was kind of like a goal age i actually i think that i wanted to get married at 27 and i was slightly resentful that i was getting <laughs> married at 28 and not part of my plan that's funny <clears throat> now i can tell people i don't want to get married before i'm 38 i think that's a good plan yeah, at this point, I think it would be a rush wedding. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, I have a couple of pieces of business that I wanted to get to. Yay. One thing is just sort of a little bit of fun. So this time around, um, I read the e-book, the Kindle e-reader version of this book. And um, I had a case, sometimes on Amazon, there are reviews of the book. In this case, that, that did not happen. But there were a few Goodreads reviews of this book. And I thought that that could be a fun thing to try. Mm. Gladiators, you can write in sweetvalleydiaries at me.com if you like or dislike <laughs> this particular element. But I want to give it a try. Because I thought there, the reviews, there were a couple of funny things in the reviews of this book. This book has what how what rating out of five stars would you guess that this book has on goodreads oh three 3.32 oh. very good yeah it has 689 ratings but um all of the people that actually reviewed it have given it two stars <laughs> and um one person writes sweet valley's attempt at romeo and juliet and then has a little laughing with the crying eyes emoji. Mm, yeah. It's not even as good as the Sweet Valley Twins, Romeo and Two Juliet. <laughs> That's a harsh comment. <laughs> um, another person writes, Michael and Maria's parents hate each other and they're in love, so they get engaged secretly, yet tell all the Sweet Valley High student body. Then Maria realizes that Michael's definitely a tea partier in the making. <laughs> Kind of a douche. And even his good looks make him a worse choice for her to marry than Winston Egbert. It's pure soap opera cheese focused on side characters and a kind of a fun read, but totally reinforces how very shitty the 1980s were as a time for teenage girls to be dating. Two stars for fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and much. I, I kind of loved that these reviews... Like that review and another one that talks about how at least the fact that Jessica and Elizabeth weren't in the story that much meant that like they, she couldn't be that annoyed by, by their oh, okay. Well, that's a nice... Or by Elizabeth meddling. Yeah. I was like, it really clarified for me the entire... Like that there is a very real reason that Sweet Valley Diaries is the way that it is, which mm-hmm. is there are lots of youth books like juvenile fiction and series that we look back at with fondness and mm-hmm. like, oh, this book by Judy Bloom is so wonderful and oh this babysitters club girls are mm-hmm. so fun and like boy this is a rich world and Sweet Valley High I think is the series that we look back on and it's just sort of like a, a guilty pleasure total guilty pleasure yeah or it's just like loving to dish about the soap of it all mm-hmm um speaking of the soap of it all one last thing we have some listener mail gladiator post if you will and it is actually in a small way related to uh something that mark sullivan and i have talked about on the episode that he was on we were looking at my bookshelf we were at my place recording Mm -hmm. and i have a lot of the sweet valley high books on my shelf recently it has come up a few times on the show that i have actually only read the first 50 of these books but i have how many are there over 100 okay it's like 137 or something. Are they still creating oh, new wouldn't ones? That be 100, I wish it were 137 because that's a number that Jessica says a lot in the books. <laughs> but oh, God. That's some sort of like ooh, numerological. I don't, yeah, I don't think it is, though. But um, what did you ask me? I was asking if they're still writing them. No, they're not still writing them. Although recently there have been some like updates, like the Sweet Valley Confidential series. Mm. It has a special name, but like they're like the ten years later. Oh. Book. they were ebooks that they were released. Oh, as. interesting. And they released re-released some of the original books as well. Um, 
like updated for modern young audiences, but I don't think that that was a successful endeavor. Is it just, is it changing the content or is it just like now they have smartphones and have email? Uh, yeah, changing the content in that way, but yeah. not in the more meaningful way that of the like, content, the I, in my opinion, needs to be changed in order yeah. for these books to work in the 21st century. Great, yeah. Um, St. Martin's or Scholastic or whoever publishes these books, uh, I should know that. Cockadoodle do Press, I can't think. I don't know who it is now, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There's a little rooster on the book, that's why I said that, but I don't have my Bantam. book in front of me. This is Bantam. Bantam. They're all, they're, it's all, it all goes up all the way up to Penguin Random House mm, these yeah. days. You know, if you want somebody to rewrite a modern version of Sweet Valley High, I am available. You would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So when Mark was on the show, he noticed that one of the books seemed to have a wolfman on it. Um, and Catherine wrote in to, first of all, say, oh my gosh, if you only read 350, does that mean... You've never read such gifts to literature as Murder in Paradise or The Evil Twin? Oh, I feel like The Evil Twin, I feel like I read that. Evil Twin, I know, is very seminal, Sweet Valley High. But I have it on my shelf. It looks crazy and amazing. I think her name is Margot. I have been holding these books for special, like when we get to them. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm really, I have a master at... Uh, delayed gratification. Good for you. I hope that it's giving you excitement and purpose as you go through your day. Looking forward to that moment in time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my watch says, where is Seminole Sweet Valley High? But I have it on my shelf. It looks crazy and amazing. I think her name is Margot. I have been holding these books. Wow, it taped special. a lot. Yeah. She, she recorded me saying that accidentally. She doesn't understand what I'm talking about, I understandably. Know. I don't even know if I understand what I'm talking about. So um, I asked her, Catherine, in a follow-up email, is that one of the ones, or like, oh, I, I mentioned the, it looks like there's werewolves at some point. She writes back, yes, that's the Wolfman series. It's really something. Then later, there's vampires. I'll spoil one part and one part only. The Wolfman series mentions the super special where they went to France. Liz reunites with that French dude. He's not a werewolf, though. (laughs) I don't understand how you can have so many and not binge them. Here are some of my later favorites. Lost at Sea. Soap Star. Kidnapped by the Cult. (laughs) Ms. Quarterback, a.k.a. Sweet Valley High Does Feminism, Part 1. Just part one. Mm-hmm. Love it. Because Miss Teen Sweet Valley, a.k.a. Sweet Valley High Does Feminism, part two. Amy's True Love, a.k.a. The One Where Tom McKay, not Stephen Wakefield, is gay. <laughs> Which I, I, I have so much to say about this, but not now. I'm, I know about Amy's True Love now. I learned about it when I was making... A video for Instagram. <laughs> so I'm looking for a picture of Tom McKay. And it is, makes me so happy because it, all my Tom McKay dreams seem to be coming true. Um, Catherine adds, I never could finish Sweet Valley Confidential. Let's just say the prose made me realize why Pascal had so many ghostwriters. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for your email, Catherine. Uh, Gladiators, if you want to write in and 
clarify something or tell a story about your Sweet Valley High reading when you were younger or some Sweet Valley High thing that has happened to you in your present life, <laughs> which doesn't sound like a good thing, but it could be, yeah. uh, please write to me at Sweet Valley Diaries at me.com. That's M-E, like me. I'm me, Marissa.com. Beth, thank you so much for joining me yet again for this extra drama episode. It was such a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome, gladiators. Thank you for tuning in and tell a friend about Sweet Valley Diaries, especially in the main episodes. Extra drama, that's just for you. And tune in next week for book 35, Out of Control. Love it. My red section of Goodreads is so full of Sweet Valley High novels. Oh my goodness.